Amen. Uh, we're going we're gonna to continue to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're looking at the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, so, so I'm going to ask the question, what's the most powerful gift you've ever opened? And uh, so we're going to talk about some power gifts today, gifts of the Spirit. Uh, there's multiple places where the Apostle Paul lists some gifts. We are actually camping out on one of the lists that he, that he gave. We're going to continue to some other gifts. There's some really neat gifts. So th- some of these are like very spiritual based or very internal based, uh, the, especially the ones that we're studying last week, this week, and, and next week. Uh, there's also very practical gifts that he winds up talking about that comes from the Holy Spirit, the gifts of administration, the gifts of helps. Uh, you, ever, you ever met someone uh, in, in church or just even on your job or what? They were just gifted at just helping if, if there's a need, man, they can jump in there. They're the first ones to jump in there, and they just do a good job of it. That's a gift that comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about those gifts. And, and also we'll talk about the catalyst, uh, the mindset and spirit in which all these gifts are supposed to be operated in. And that's love. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll address all that. So. But today, we're going to hop back into our key verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter, and first found in 1 Corinthians. Uh-oh, where am I at? 1 Corinthians. I'm telling you, <laughs> how did the Apostle Paul operate with uh, technical difficulties? <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. We're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting with verse 1. I'm going to start with verse 1, then we're going to hop to verse 4. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So he's saying, look, I don't want you to be ignorant. Actually, it it, it may be 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I think I have a typo. Thank you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. There are diversities of gifts. He says there's a lot of different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. So this is not, I don't believe that this is a, uh, I don't think this is an exhaustive list. I think he's just trying to make a point to the church at Corinth. To give you a little bit of background, those of you who weren't here last week, the church at Corinth started moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They started identifying who the Holy Spirit was in their life and started moving in specific gifts. They started feeling quite proud of themselves too as if they were very you know, spiritually superior to others, or, or they started putting certain people on pedestals because, ooh, they operate in this gift, or ooh, they operate in that gift. And that's never supposed to be the intention of why these gifts are uh, flow through the body of Christ. So this is what Paul's trying to get across. He said, there's diversities of gifts, starting with verse 4. But the same Spirit, it's the same Holy Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. So not everyone's going to have the same gift, but it's still the same Holy Spirit. Everyone's going to minister in a different way, but it's the same Lord, the same Holy Spirit that's doing it. Verse 6, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So, hey, we're, we're not all going to do it the same way. It's not all going to sound the same way. It's not all going to look the same way. But it's the same God that's propelling it all, right? We're supposed to be fishers of men, 
Well, guess what? Different fish need different kind of worms, don't they? Different type of bait. <laughs> so, so that's one thing that we're doing. Hey, we got some projection. Look at that. Woo, now we can have a revival. Yeah, give it up to our tech team over there. Look at that. I just clicked. It worked. That time. Yep, 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 yep. Hey, let's move on to verse 7. <laughs> but the manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, all these gifts that are within you. Because where is the Holy Spirit? Within us. So, so to manifest, it means to get it outside of yourself. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. In other words, when someone starts flowing in a particular gift of the Spirit, or they start being utilized in a great way because of the Holy Spirit in them, it's not for them to profit. It's not to make them a superstar. It's not for them to launch off into their own personal incredible ministry and, and, and you know, uh, or whatnot. But it's for the sake of blessing everyone else. So in other words, when somebody operates in the spirit, our mindset shouldn't be, "Woo, look at that powerful woman or man of God. But it should be, look how powerful our God is, that he would use a human to help manifest his glory and bless all of us. That's really what it's supposed to be about, right? Don't let me get off on a tangent on that. I'll keep you here all day fussing about things. Verse 8, for to one, now he starts listing some of these gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits to another different kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. So he lists off, uh, again, I don't think this is a, an exhaustive list. We know it's not because he lists off in other areas different other gifts that the Lord does. But he's trying to give them an idea of, hey, some of you guys have been operating in these gifts and, and yet it's the same Holy Spirit that's doing it all, you know. So nobody needs to feel more puffed up because they operate in a particular gift than somebody else because it's the same Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of us, okay. Now someone says, am I filled with the Holy Spirit? Here is the test, the biblical test, okay, that I believe per scripture. The Bible says you cannot call him Lord except through the Spirit. So if... You confess, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, as the Bible says, that Christ is Lord, that he, that he died for your sins, that he was buried, that he rose again, and that through faith in that, you have redemption, salvation, the cleansing of your blood, reconciliation with the Father. You can't even say that without the Holy Spirit revealing it to you, okay? Okay. Now, some, some say, well, what about these other experiences we have? Now, some folks will say, well, okay, that's, that's, an initial, uh, that's an initial touch of the Holy Spirit, but then you can have what, what would be the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Some people call it the, the second blessing. Have you received the second blessing? You know, do you believe in the second blessing? Sure. It comes right before the third blessing and the fourth blessing and the fifth blessing. In other words, this is, to the best of my finite mind, 
Am I studying? And trust me, I come from a background that's really heavy on putting a lot of emphasis on the Holy Spirit, okay? It's this. We are continually filled daily with the Holy Spirit. If you want to get really technical, and, and a lot of people choose to debate this, you know, when are you filled with the Holy Spirit? When, when, you know, what, what is this other experience that you can have? Or is it the same experience or what? All I know is this. Jesus breathed on the disciples, and the Bible said they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Yet all of a sudden you see in the second chapter of Acts, they were all in the upper room. And they were once again filled with the Holy Spirit. If you keep reading in Acts, and Peter gets delivered from prison, they all have a big prayer meeting. And the Bible says, and all were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was this continuation, continually going back to the fountain and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I have seen some people, when they confess, they make a commitment to live for God, that they have been impacted in such a way that, that a gift of the Spirit will operate. I've seen people, when they first come to the Lord, actually speak in tongues. I've seen some people make a commitment for the first time, Lord, I give my life to you. And God hits them so hard that all of a sudden they begin to prophesy and, and proclaim the word of God. Hardly ever read the Bible in their life, yet all of a sudden the spirit within them starts proclaiming scripture out of their mouth. I've seen some people just give their heart to the Lord and in the midst of that service turn around and lay hands on somebody else and see healing take place. I've seen some people give their heart to the Lord, and 20 years later, sit there and go, oh, wait a minute, I do what? We can do what? What? The Holy Spirit does what? You know, you ever, you ever like, uh, had, your, had your cell phone, and you do like what you do on your cell phone, and then your kid or your grandkid gets a hold of the cell phone, and you go, whoa, whoa, what did you just do? <laughs> you know, show me. Well, I never knew my phone could do that. That's how a lot of Christians are, you know? They live for God. Boy, they've been faithfully living for God for 20 years, and all of a sudden the revelation goes, oh, whoa, the Holy Spirit can do what? I have access to what? Whoa. Does it mean that they didn't have the Holy Spirit? No. They couldn't call him Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, all right, let's jump into these gifts really quick. Uh, as per last week, he lists off nine gifts of the Spirit in this particular list. So we've divided it up into three groups. We've got revelation gifts. We talked about this last week. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Uh, uh, it doesn't have to, these, these gifts don't have to be showy and demonstrative and, and eerie or, you know, spooky or anything. It's just the Holy Spirit helping you do life and empowering you to bless other people in a particular way. Okay. Uh, Kate and I chatted about this this week and, and, Kate, I hope this is all right. I'm not going to reveal too much here or anything, but, but I was telling Kate, I was like, look, I watched you operate in two of these. You remember I said, I said that the, the, these gifts sometimes work in tandem together. I said, recently, I just watched you operate in two of these gifts. Uh, you know, Kate, uh, on her job, started putting together a particular project. As she was putting this project together and praying about it, the Lord kept giving her a specific person to manage this project, kept bringing that person to mind, bringing that person to mind. And she told me, pray about this, because every time I pray about who should I bring in to manage this project, he keeps showing me one person. Well, that was a word of knowledge. He was giving her knowledge. Hey, this is the person I want. And then gave her the game plan of how to bring the person in and talk to the person and pitch this idea to the person and what all the person would need to feel comfortable doing it. What is that? That's a word of wisdom. I'm going to give you some knowledge, but I'm also going to give you wisdom on how to go about doing it. Okay? So, 
Now, there was nothing showy about it. Kate didn't sit there and go, whew, glory, hang on, mm. God's whew. All right, thus saith the Lord. You know, it's, it's, we, we don't have to, now it would have been more fun had she done that, but, but we don't have to sensationalize these gifts. It's just the Holy Spirit living with you and walking with you and doing some things. And, and yet he'll always do it. You know, she operated in these gifts, not so that she could be, whoo, look at me. I have just operated in a word of knowledge and wisdom. No, it was this, the project she's working on is going to be a blessing to a lot of kids. And the person that's been brought in is going to be a blessing to a lot of kids. And so she operated in the spirit for the benefit of all, not for the benefit of herself. That's how it works, okay? All right, so this week we're going to talk about the power gifts, what we're going to call the power gifts, okay? Faith, miracles, healings. Last week it was the revelation gifts. It, it was God revealing some things to you. This week we're going to talk about the power gifts. We see the Holy Spirit manifest in some very powerful ways and supernatural ways with these three particular gifts, okay? Let's talk about the gift of faith. Now I'm not talking about the gift of faith. There's, we all need faith in order to receive salvation, right? We all need faith. And, and the Bible says to each he's given a measure of faith. Okay, that's, you know, we, we, we are all saved by grace through faith, but that's not even of ourselves. It's a gift. Even the faith that we have to believe in him is a gift. But this is where God allows the Holy Spirit within you to rise up and give you some kind of a, he puts his super onto your natural and you have crazy supernatural faith. I told, I told you guys a few weeks back, I reminded you of the story of my niece who was diagnosed with brain cancer. Uh, when she was very young, they did, they did surgery to try to remove the tumor. They said, look, it's, it's wrapped all around her brainstem. Sorry, we couldn't get it. We couldn't get it all. We sewed her back up. Uh, we give her three to four months. She's probably going to be a vegetable uh, during those three to four months. We're going to try to make her as comfortable as possible. Just prepare yourself. Sorry, guys. And there was about 20 of us in the waiting room. And you want to talk about devastating news. And, and it's hard. You're, that's science. That's medical science there. And yet I watched my mom, who was not a very boisterous lady. She, was not, she didn't seek attention. But the Holy Spirit in her rose up with this gift, the gift of faith. She said, Doctor, thank you so much for everything that you've done. But my God's going to take it from here. And this is not what my God told me. Last week when I was praying about it, he promised me he was going to heal my granddaughter and that my granddaughter would live. And so I don't accept this report. Now, what happened was this. Let's define the gift of faith as this. The ability to exhibit an extraordinary amount of trust in God regardless of the circumstance resulting in encouraging, encouragement and joy to others. All of a sudden, what happened was, I mean, we were just devastated. And all of a sudden, when my mom stood up and spoke out with the gift of faith that came from the Holy Spirit, this was not within her own natural means, but it came from the Holy Spirit. And she said, I don't care what the circumstances is. I am standing on what God told me. All of a sudden, it put joy and excitement and faith in the rest of us. And one of the most powerful prayer meetings I've ever been a part of took place for about the next 15 minutes. And they said that she would never be able to speak again, that she would be a vegetable. And 15 minutes went by, and there were, you talk about a power, I mean, the Holy Spirit just poured out 
And then all of a sudden, look at this, it's getting so hot in here, we're setting the alarm off. And, and all of a sudden, the nurse came running in and said, where's Thomas and Lane Butler? That was my brother and his wife. Where's Thomas and Lane Butler? And they said, we're right here. said, she just woke up, sat up in bed, and started crying for you guys. Come on back. And to this day, amen. And it was the gift of faith, okay? Because scriptures like this, Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God... Everything is possible. 1 John 5 and 4, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Now, uh, the rest of the story is this. About a week ago, I actually got to have lunch with her. Uh, uh, she's 30 years old, and her and her mom and her sister were in town, and, and, and a bunch of us got together, and we had lunch together. And, and so God is good, and God is powerful. And, and I actually got to watch my mom operate in the gift of faith. Here's some biblical, uh, biblical examples of the gift of faith. You got Jesus, who, you remember when he turned water into wine, John chapter 2, multiple people had faith. Number one, his mom had faith. Jesus' first miracle was that he saved a wedding reception. You would have thought that maybe like raising the dead would have been like a little bit more, uh, you know, grand. But he actually saved a party. You know, they ran out of wine. Mary, his mother, goes to him and says, Jesus, they ran out of wine. And he says, you remember what he said? He said, it's none of my, it's not my problem. And he called her woman. He didn't even call her mom. He said, woman, that's none of my business. Now, Mary could have answered, she could have done what my mom, Joyce Butler, would have done. While looking down at me, she would have said, don't talk to your mother like that. After she would smack me, right? But Mary had so much faith, she ignored him. She turned around, looked at the servant. She said, this is my son. Anything he says to do, do it. And she left. Ooh, what, man? That'll preach right there. Anything Jesus says to do, you just do it. Don't question. Just do it. So Jesus, seriously? Mom, thanks. So he turns around. He says, tell you what. Go fill up all the water pots. Now, this is going to take faith, extraordinary faith by the servants, they're like, okay, you know what? This is not your job on the line, pal. You know, this is our job. They go fill up these water pots that they use to wash their hands of all things. And then he dips a cup in it and says, now go take this to your, to your master and ask him what he thinks. And somewhere along the lines, I'm sure they're looking at this cup of water going, okay. Somewhere God turned it from water into a fine Merlot. To the, to the point that they said, man, you, you usually say, usually you're supposed to save the cheap stuff for, for the end of the party. You know, when everyone's had a little bit to drink, you save the cheap stuff for the last. And you save the nice Merlot. And after three glasses, they were calling it Merlot. So, but that was, you know, that, that, that took great faith. Jesus feeds 5,000 with just a few fishes and few loaves of bread. It's a great faith, extraordinary faith. Remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The three Hebrew boys. King, we're not going to bow. I know you got that big, big idol, the big statue, but we're not going to bow to it. We're not going to do that. We only bow down to the Lord of heaven's armies. So I'm going to have to throw you in the fiery furnace. You can throw us in the fiery furnace, but our God is able to deliver us even from that hot furnace. Man, that's, that's some faith. 
And then they said, but even if he doesn't, if he chooses not to, we're still not going to bow him. You remember the story? They threw him in. It was so hot, the two guys that threw him in caught on fire. It was that hot. And the king looked over and said, I thought we threw three people in. I see four, and one of them's face is shining like the Son of God. One translation said that they were in there dancing. They're in there having a party. What's the old song? Shoddy fire dancing on the, shoddy fire on the dance floor, whatever, you know? Who is, who is shoddy and why is she always on the dance floor and why is she always catching on fire? That's what I want to know. But the three Hebrew boys, three Hebrew boys used exceptional faith, the gift of faith. Uh, I'll say this. This is something that I had never experienced in my life. I mean, I had faith, and I would have faith to believe for things. But I'm talking about the gift of faith, supernatural faith. I never encountered until two years ago. And most of y'all, I'm not going to rehash the story. But when the Lord said, let go of everything, walk away in peace, and trust me. There was nothing in my natural body that wanted to do that. And nothing within my natural mind. I wanted to lure you up. I wanted to fight for what was mine. But something in me, which was the Holy Spirit, when I opened my mouth to say, absolutely not, instead the Holy Spirit took over and said, whatever you want, Lord. And I stepped out in faith, and it's been an incredible ride. And I'm telling you, this is a powerful gift. If you want to pray for any gift, I, said, I recommend pray for the gift of faith. It, it can be scary. It's, it's not always fun jumping off that cliff. But what a ride it is when you're just riding on him and his provision. Amen. And because of this, man, I don't want to get too personal here, but two years ago, per the leading of the Holy Spirit, I walked away and signed away a home here in Viridian. That's not a cheap thing to sign away. And here, two years later, just walking with the Lord and trusting him, come April 7th, August 7th. I always say April. August, no, come August 7th when we wake up that next morning, uh, Eric and I will actually own two homes in Viridian. The Lord's crazy. That's what the Lord is. He's crazy. But it's because of his provision. He takes care of you. So, so. <laughs> yes, there's August 6th is the wedding. Yes, yes, we will clarify that. So Howard, Howard wanted to make sure everyone's aware there's a legitimate event taking place. <laughs> All right, the next one we talk about working of miracles. The working of miracles. Let's, let's just call this a supernatural occurrence which goes beyond our natural understanding or ability. Sometimes God will work some things in your life that just doesn't line up with the natural pattern of the way he's created the physical world, okay? For instance, I'm just going to give this example. If I were to pick up this, this tablet and let go of it, the natural law of gravity would make it slam against the stage, right? Much like, like the in-ear monitoring system did in the middle of that last song. So you know you're rocking hard when you knock over your in-ear monitoring system. But, but if he, but if for some reason God were to command you to let go and command it to stay in the air and you let it, and all of a sudden it stays in the air, I'll call that a miracle, right? Uh, many of you maybe have encountered 
not necessarily suspended things in air. I don't mean that. But you have encountered things that you can't explain. That you know that you know that you know. Sometimes you can't even put it into words. But you have encountered miracles. Sometimes the Lord will rise up in you in this gift of just working miracles. And it's not you. You very much know it's God. I, was, I used to commute from Rockwall all the way up just three miles north of here on Highway 10 for 12 years. And so coming I-30 out of Rockwall across Lake Ray Hubbard, if you're familiar with that, once you're on that bridge, you're on that bridge. If somebody wrecks, well, I hope you packed a lunch or something, right? Or if something happens, there's not a whole lot of place to go. And so it was just bumper to bumper. We were doing about probably 45, 50 miles an hour, coming across that bridge, three lanes. And there was, uh, in the far left lane where I was, there was uh, a truck with a flatbed trailer, and in that flatbed trailer was a washer and dryer. And as the sun's coming up and I'm starting to see better, I'm like, they don't even have that washer and dryer strapped down. This isn't good. <laughs> and I'm thinking, let me get out of the way here from behind it. Well, there's no place to go. Someone's behind me, someone's next to me. And all of a sudden, I start seeing that dryer bounce to the edge. And now, whether you want to believe this or not, this is legitimately what happened. Came off came off that flatbed trailer and started bouncing toward me on the road. All I could say, the only thing I could get out of my mouth was in Jesus' name. And I was bracing for impact. And as soon as I spoke that out, the Holy Spirit in me, something, something rose up. All I know is something did a linebacker football hit and it slammed up against the median on that bridge. I mean, it crushed. I, I watched it. It was like, it was like, Five seconds of things happen in 20, you know, it, it seems like it took 20 seconds or 20 minutes, right? You know, you're watching it in slow motion. Now, I don't know, I don't know if it was the hand of God. I don't know if it was an angel. I don't know if it was just the power of the Holy Spirit. All I know is when I spoke the name, that there was the power of a miracle that manifested right in front of my eyes. And I just, you know, just looking in the rear view mirror, and you had to keep going. You couldn't slow down, right? It's just, <laughs> whoo. And, and, uh, I was awake the whole way to work after that, I promise you that. But I very much know it was a miracle, okay? Jeremiah 32, 27, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? I'm believing for miracles right here in our midst. One of which is, we've, we've said it a few times from the States, I believe that I'm believing with everything in me that when the time comes for us to get our own building, that we will have everything provided that we need to step into it. That we won't have to take out some big mortgage. That the, the, the Lord wants us to spend uh, our resources ministering and helping this community and the greater community, not, not paying a bank. And, and I'm, I'm believing for it. Say, I don't know. That's pretty, that's crazy, that's crazy thought. Well, I don't care. It, it, it can be a miracle but is anything too hard for God, okay? Uh, let's talk about some of these miracles. Moses parts the Red Sea. That's a pretty big miracle, right? You remember the sun and the moon stood still until the Israelites defeated the Amorites in Joshua 10. Uh, not only that, I actually read this week uh, 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 when, when the prophet Isaiah, was it, was it Hezekiah that he was, he was ministering to? And he said, Hezekiah said, hey, I need proof that God's going to heal me. He said, okay, do you want, look at the sundial. Do you want the shadow to fall 10 degrees forward or 10 degrees back? He goes, 
They could go back in time. That's going to be harder. And so the, the Lord did. The Lord made the shadow on the sundial. He moved the earth 10 degrees just to prove a point. I would, I would call that a miracle. Jesus stills the storm. Anyone ever seen that? I've, I've watched. I've seen, I've seen people get out and rebuke, rebuke tornadoes and see them dissipate just like that. You know? Now, I could get out and try to, like, pray the rain away or whatever. It didn't necessarily happen. <laughs> but I've seen people operate in that gift. Jesus walking on water. I've yet to walk on water. But it was a miracle. Amen? The gift of miracles. Let's talk about the gifts of healing. The gifts, the gifts of healings. We want to make sure. It's, it's actually, notice it's plural. It's plural. In other words, it's a multiplicity of ways that gifts and, and means and measures that folks can bring about healing, not just healing, but healings, Multi, many different ways. To, a multiplicity of ways and means the Lord chooses to bring wholeness, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, to those who have faith in Christ's redemptive work, okay? To those who have faith in Christ's redemptive work. Uh, Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Psalms 103.3, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Now, I know because of some uh, abuse and sensationalism, this can kind of become very controversial for some folks or even a hard, bitter a pill to swallow for some folks because, you know, uh, I have seen God use ordinary people that are filled with the Spirit to pray with others, and I've seen them be healed. And there's no need at that point to all of a sudden start some grand healing ministry, some great healing crusade, you know, uh, send, me, send me a $50 donation, God's going to heal that arthritis, you know. That kind of business. And, and that's some of the abuse that unfortunately we've seen here in the American church. When it's really not about that person at all. It's about the Holy Spirit in that person doing some wonderful things. Okay? Now, before we go on and talk about this, I will say, if you're here and you say, hey, I've been believing God for healing. I have not received it yet. I've not seen healing. Or if you have a loved one who has not received healing in the manner in which you're praying for uh, I have learned through my own walk, the question to ask isn't always why. Why have I not never, it's what? What do I need to learn? Lord, I'm standing on your word, but you've chosen not to manifest it at this time. What am I to learn? How am I supposed to evolve? What are you showing me through this journey? Uh, there is something, I'm not saying we all have to suffer in some way, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that there's I, a very dear friend of mine, uh, she's a great minister of the Lord, her name's Natalie Nichols. She was actually Miss Texas at one point. Uh, she, uh, she wound up being bit by a tick and wound up with Lyme's disease and, and spent many years in severe, severe pain, almost to the point of losing your mind, just being in pain. Uh, with the, the, the neurological damage that was taking place. And, and the Lord eventually healed her. But she went through many years, and, and he used various means to bring about healing in her life. And, and she's actually told me, she said, look, I, I would, I'm, not, I'm not saying I want to go back there. But she said, I actually, there's some things about it that I miss 
because I, I experienced some of the sweetest fellowship with the Lord in the midst of that pain that I don't experience on the other side of that miracle, you know. And so sometimes there's a purpose for that path, that journey. Uh, I've seen God heal immediately. Then I've seen God heal over time. And then I've seen God heal in ways that wouldn't be according to my plan of healing, right? Uh, I believed with all my heart God was going to heal my mom of leukemia. Man, he healed my, my niece of brain cancer. What's leukemia? He did heal my mom of leukemia. Leukemia can never touch my mom again. I was by her side when he healed her. And she stepped across into glory. And instantly there was peace. Leukemia didn't have a hold of her anymore. Now, had he asked my opinion, that's not the route I would have went. But you have to trust his plan ultimately. His plan is perfect. And his ways are above our ways. And there's days you have to just say, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. I trust you. But with that being said, I have seen healings take place right here in this realm, <laughs> okay? And I've seen God use ordinary people. You don't have to be some grand, shiny-suited faith healer, you know, and, and get all theatrical about things. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible, the Bible actually gives us four, four different ways that you can receive healing. Again, I don't think it's an exhaustive list. It's just... Uh, Kind of a neat concept to study. One is uh, find a promise and stand on it. You know, having done all to stand, stand there for. God's word is full of 7,000 promises, upwards of 7,000 promises. Find a promise that you need, stand on it. Speak it out, pray it out every single day. Lord, I'm standing on this. I'm standing on your promise. All your promises are yes and amen. Number two, give a family or friend legal access, if you will, to speak into your life and pray. In other words, James 5 says, confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. In other words, you're, you're sitting down with someone that you become accountable with and, and you give them, like I said, kind of legal access. In other words, you give them permission to speak into your life and, and to pour love into your life, but also pour correction into your life. And, and that can bring healing into your life. Uh, another one is go to the elders of the church and have them lay hands on you, anoint you with oil and lay hands on you and pray the prayer of faith. Okay. What's the prayer of faith? It's praying the word of God. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you one of my pet peeves. Now, I was corrected by somebody else who said, well, I pray that way, so don't, don't correct me on it. But I'll give you one of my personal pet peeves. I'm not saying this is coming from the Lord. But if, if you're going to pray for Dave, if I am sick and I come to you and you're going to lay hands on me, don't say, Lord, if it be your will, heal. You know, I've had more people pray for, you know, I'm dead sick and I need someone to pray for me. And it's almost like, Lord, if you want to heal him, heal him. Whatever you want to do, do it. We're about to go get lunch. You know, <laughs> it's, no, speak some faith over me. Speak the word of God over me. Give me something to stand on, right? And then fourth, have someone with the gifts of healing. Some people do operate in that gifts within the Holy Spirit. Uh, there, there are some, I believe we all have access to the gift, but there are some who the Lord has just chosen to allow them to operate in that gifts. Uh, those of you who've been around a while, I'll tell you two people that I fully do believe operate in that gift. Uh, and they, they used to attend it. It would be uh, uh, Mark and Becky Riley. I believe very much operate in the gifts of healing. They, God used them mightily in Ireland. Uh, he's using them now within the fellowship that they attend now. And, and there are just some people you can go to and when they pray, man, God just chooses to move. Okay. But it's, it's a releasing of healing. You say, well, what does it mean to release healing? I'm glad you asked, because so, I'm about to explain it. 
Okay, and then we're going to wrap up. Everyone still with me? Yes. All right. All right, thank you. Becca's here. That's good. Luke chapter 8, starting with verse, uh, well, we'll go 43. I think I put 42 up there. We'll start with 43. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone, I love that. Everyone denied it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. In other words, healing was released out of him. Okay? Now say, well, that was Jesus. But Jesus said, the same works as these you shall do, and even greater works you shall do. Why? Because there's more of us. Right? There was one of him. There's more of us. Verse 47, when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Now, oftentimes the, the gift of healing will work in tandem with the gift of faith. Okay? The other thing that she did was she, she declared her healing. She openly said it. Hey, I'm healed. I'm healed. It's not. She, she got up. She didn't just keep it to herself. She, she spoke it out. What a, what a powerful, powerful means of, of healing. So you, you, see, you see her deliberately touch the hem of Jesus' garment, an act of faith. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, ah, someone pulled healing out of me. I felt it. And then she declares it. She declares it. Uh, so, let me just say this as pastor. I very much believe in uh, heal, the healing work of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, if, if, if you are sick, we want to pray for you in this church. If you attend this church, you need a healing. You need a miracle. Folks, we have folks who have loved ones in the hospital. Our default mode is going to be to pray for healing. Say, well, what if God doesn't do it? Well, we trust his plan. Okay? We trust his plan. It doesn't mean, say, well, I prayed for healing of this loved one and they, they wound up passing away. Did I not have enough faith? No, that, we don't even play that, okay? We trust God's plan ultimately. But our default mode is we pray for healing. And I think it's a scriptural and godly way of doing it. And if God chooses to take his time and take someone on a journey, well, then we trust his plan. We don't have to understand it. We just trust it. And we pray for grace on that journey. But at the same time, I've seen healing take place instantly. We, there was a woman who came. Uh, uh, we, we had a special Sunday night service at, at my old home church. And there was a lady who I hadn't seen, seen in 10 months. And the reason why I hadn't seen her in 10 months is because she had suffered a great sickness and lost her eyesight. She came walking in with her family. Her eyes were just grayed over. And it was shocking. I had no clue. And her daughter, she had a teenage daughter. She said 10 months ago she lost her, she lost her eyesight. Uh, she was battling, uh, I forgot exactly what condition she had. And in the midst of, uh, we, have a, we had a great service that night. Folks were coming up front and receiving prayer. And she comes walking up. And I was praying with some folks up front. And, and uh, we had a guest speaker that night. And he preached up a storm. And all of a sudden, uh, the Lord tells me to look at this lady. And again, if, if you don't want to believe this, you don't have to. I'm telling you, this is my own experience. 
uh, and I am not some faith healer guy, right? I'm not going to blow on you and you're going to get healed or anything like that. That's not, you know, I've prayed for plenty of people and not seen a healing manifest. But I've prayed for some and seen it manifest, right? But he told, this is the one time this has ever happened in my life. He said, I want you to go over, I want you to pray for eyesight. And I said, oh, no, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Send me someone who's got a knee ache. Send me, send me someone whose elbow is like hurting them or whatever. Because I've prayed and seen that healed. But this is like biblical proportions. I don't know. Or just look, there's, get uh, 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 Brother Arden was the guy who preached that. I said, get Brother Arden down there to pray. He's fired up. Look, he's already fired up and sweaty. Let him get down there and <laughs> preach. And he said, no, I want you to go over and I want you to pray for her. And I, I want to heal her. I said, this better be you. This better be you. So I go over there and I ask her, I, I, I said, do you... Do you believe that Jesus can heal, heal your eyesight? And she said, yes, and I hope he will. So I said, all right. So I started praying with her, right? She fell down. I said, get her back up. I'm still praying. I got her back up, okay? So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, look, I'm just going to say this. And this is coming from a Pentecostal boy, okay? Look, if any of us pray for you, you feel like you need to fall out, fall down, that's fine. As long as you're changed when you get back up, okay? Don't just fall down to fall down, Okay? I mean, if you're going to go through that, if you're going to, look, be as theatrical as you want, as long as you let God change you, right? So I said, get her back up. I'm still praying. So I was praying for her. She falls, falls back down. This time I'm like, fine, I'll go down there with you. So I'm kneeling on the floor and I'm praying for her. And just big old tears started coming from her eyes. And her eyes are all grayed over and she's just blinking. And I noticed she was looking up at the stage where the, the praise singers were. And I said, can you see anything? And I'm just scared to death, right? I'm like, Lord, this better be you. And he said, she said, it looks like there's a bunch of trees on stage. <gasps> ah, we're on to something. Because you know, the same thing happened when Jesus prayed for that blind man. You remember, he said, it looks like a bunch of trees walking around. So I started, kept praying with her. And all of a sudden, she blinked. And with my own eyes, I watched in a blink, her eyes go from gray. She was Hispanic, so she had big, beautiful brown eyes. She blinked and all of a sudden her eyes were brown and she you could see them focus all of a sudden and adjust to the light and I'm like wow that was the coolest thing I've ever seen you know so so I help her up and I'm like what do you see what do you see right and now in the bible they always talk about oh and they went off into the temple glorifying God you know what this woman says to me I just witnessed a biblical sized healing of this woman she looks at me she goes whoo your hair's gotten really gray I'm sorry, are you serious, Lord? This is like, I, this is like a life-changing miracle I've just seen happen in front of me that I got to help participate in. And if the book of Acts were still being written, that's what would be recorded about when Dave prayed for somebody. And so I just kind of looked at her. And I, I, but she looked over and she saw her daughter and she just started crying. She hadn't seen her daughter in 10 months. And she just began to, to, to cry. But the Lord healed her. That's something I'll never forget. Now, has, has that, what was that? That was the Holy Spirit rising up in me at that moment to meet a need at that moment, not to glorify myself. Nobody offered to send me a love offering. Nobody, nobody helped promote my new ministry, healing ministry. But this woman left rejoicing and praising God and glorifying God, and she was edified. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Now, I've encountered other blind people since then, and I haven't felt the Lord push me toward that direction. I don't know if he ever will again. I'm not worried about it. 
We don't necessarily need to seek the gifts. We just need to seek his presence. And when we seek his presence, and that's really what the Holy Spirit is all about, then these gifts can begin to manifest. As long as you have faith and you allow God to do it. Amen. So, this week we learned about the power gifts. Faith, miracle, gifts of healing. Let's all stand. That always makes everyone feel better when the preacher says, let's all stand. Next week, we're going we're gonna to wrap up this particular list. We're going to talk about the inspiration gifts. So nobody say, oh, man, I see the gift of tongues on there. I don't know if I want to show up or not. Just, just relax, okay? Just everyone relax. Yes. This is not, look, the Holy Spirit doesn't intend for people to get hokey, okay? But there is some crazy things that he does sometimes. So, Now, what I want you to do, we're going to sing one more song. You have a card at your chair. I want you to pray while you're worshiping, okay? Uh, because it's all about him. I want you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit, who's alive and well in you, Holy Spirit, is there an area that you would like me to utilize my gifts in this church? We need volunteers. It takes work. It takes work. Even just to have work, uh, uh, an hour and a half service, an hour and 20-minute service, uh, people start showing up at 7 o'clock to start putting things together. It takes work. We're here up until sometimes a little afternoon putting things away. Uh, there's a lot of hours that go into loving on and ministering to our children and our teenagers, as well as reaching out to the community via Mission Arlington or just dropping off gift bags, all that good stuff that we, we do throughout the community. It just takes hands and work and uh, people. And, and so all of us, all of us can learn to start walking in our gifts by just doing stuff. You know, God can't navigate a parked car, right? <laughs> you want to be led by the Spirit? You got to move. That's how he bears what the Spirit bears witness. So you got to take a step. And he goes, hey, I bear witness. He took a step. But if you just stay parked, there's nothing to witness for the Holy Spirit. So I, I encourage you. Now, as Kate said, you can, you can fill it out, drop it in the offering box. By doing so, you're not signing your life away. You're not even fully committing to it. It's just saying, I would be interested in talking with someone about maybe helping in this capacity, okay? And then someone can contact you about it. But, but I'm excited because I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are going to be active and alive and well in all of us as we study this, okay? And in doing so, that means we all get edified. We all get built up because that's really what the gifts of the Spirit are about, to build us up as a church. Holy Spirit, I love you. I thank you for just possessing us, living in us, empowering us, helping us to grow, helping us to evolve into the people that God has created us to be, helping us to be more Christ-like, reminding us what Christ said, telling us the heart of the Father. Lord, I pray that you empower everyone this week, help someone begin to operate in one of the gifts or multiple gifts not for the sake of uh, showiness, but the, for the sake of blessing your body and blessing those who need to know you. Build us up as a church. Keep us safe. Lead us and guide us this week. And we just praise you in Jesus' name. As we worship, invite the Holy Spirit to be a part of your life this week and a part of your thoughts.